0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now, the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. Today, part two of a four-part look at the career of legendary Broadway composer, Burton Lane. Lane is best known for his remarkable scores for Finian's Rainbow and On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever. This program was originally broadcast in 1981.
1: The couple years that I was with Frank, uh, year, year and a half I was with him. I never had any inkling he could write melodies.
0: Yeah, he really kept
1: that hidden,
2: didn't he? That didn't was he? hidden. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I'm working with somebody, I'll throw lines out. The, the title, Everything I Have is Yours, was my title. And I've always been lyrical, lyrically conscious and, and always tossing out lines to be used or not used, depending on <coughs> how a lyric writer felt about it. But with Frank... I struggled over tunes sometimes. He never said, we'll try it this way or try it that way. You know?
2: Uh-huh, yeah, it's amazing. He really uh, was waiting. He had
1: one song. Uh, I came in one day. He has, as I say, he had split up with Manning Sherwin. And he had a lyric that everybody fell in love with, including me, uh, when it was brought to my attention. Uh, it came to the producers of, of, of the picture's attention first. And they said, will you write a new tune for this lyric? And the tune was Says My, uh, the, the, the lyric was called Says My Heart. Mm. And I wrote a tune and very, very quickly went into the picture. And the picture was released shortly thereafter. And within three or four weeks after the picture was out, the song was number two on a hit parade, then it became number one stayed up there for about 10, 12 weeks. Big, big hit.
2: Performing Says My Heart, a song first heard in the film Coconut Grove in 1938, words by Frank Lesser, and music by my guest today on Anything Goes, composer Burton Lane. We didn't talk at all about Ralph Freed, who is, I suppose, in, in mid to late 30s, your other primary collaborator, whose work I, I, I don't know as well because he's primarily a Hollywood writer.
1: Well, he was Arthur Freed's brother, But Ralph, at that time, uh, when I uh, was Arthur who introduced me to Ralph, and uh, Arthur at this time was a big producer at Metro. He was the number one producer, in fact, of of musicals in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, started to write some songs with Ralph, and Ralph was a pretty good lyric writer. He he wrote some charming lyrics and uh, with fun and with humor, uh, and, of course, one of the, the big song I had with, with Ralph was How About You, w- which we wrote for Babes on Broadway. Which was,
2: I think, your first Academy Award nomination, Yes. Too. But <laughs> one story which
1: uh, very few people uh, know about, except, uh, I mean, very few people have heard, was I was the one who brought Judy Garland to Metro's attention. Oh. And uh, she was in an act called The, the Gum Sisters, and I had gone to a picture show downtown in Los Angeles at the Paramount Theatre, where they had a stage show, and uh, on the bill was the Gum Sisters, and when they introduced their kid sister at the end of the act, of course it was Judy, and, and uh, I just went out of my mind when I heard her sing. She was about 11 years old then.
3: Okay. She
1: sang two songs. Zing Went the Strings of My Heart and Airlie, <laughs> Airlie, those are the two songs. Oh, my. And I went into the lobby of the theater, and, and uh, I called the head of the music department at Metro, and I said, I've just heard a, a sensational kid, and I think you ought to hear her, somebody ought to hear it at the studio. He says, we'll arrange to bring her out. So I went backstage, and I introduced myself to her father, and arranged the following week, when they had finished their run at the Paramount, to bring her out. And she came out there, I don't know, about 9, 9.30 in the, in the morning, and I played her audition. Her audition started at around 9 or 9.15, something like that, with L.B. Mayer, with the heads of the studio, and went down through every producer on the lot, every director on the lot, until about 7.30 at night. Oh my. And I played t- <laughs> the two songs, Ellie, Ellie, and, and Zing, went the strings of my heart.
2: Were they all as impressed as you were?
1: Oh, well, they they signed her, and mm-hmm. the only thing, not one person said thank you. Nobody, not one person said thank you. Yeah. And in nineteen forty-one, this was nineteen thirty-four when I brought it to the attention. When this happened, nineteen forty-one was the first time I actually saw Judy since that since that audition seven
2: years later wow.
1: and I, I went on the soundstage to start teaching her how about you and she and Nikki, and uh, when she saw me she ran the whole length of this of the uh, soundstage threw herself in my arms. and said, my god where have you been I said I've been here <laughs> they had loaned her out
4: oh, they you.
1: signed her and then loaned her the 20th century and and uh, to one or two other to make some outside pictures yeah. and then she and brought and then brought it her back here
5: one two three <laughs>
6: What they end on will depend on Little pleasures they will share So let us compare I like New York in June How about you? I like a Gershwin tune How about you? a fireside when a storm is due I like potato chips moonlight and motor trips how about you I'm mad about good books can't get my fill and Franklin Roosevelt's looks give me a thrill show, when all the lights are low, may not be new, but I like it, how about you? I like Jack Benny's jokes,
5: to a degree,
6: I love the common folks,
5: that includes me, The new. I like banana splits, late supper at the Ritz, how about you?
6: i love to dream of fame, maybe I'll shine.
5: I'd love to see your name right beside mine. I can see we're in
6: harmony, looks
5: like we both agree on what to do and I like it how about you I'm so delighted I've ignited the spark within you let me continue to make it burn
6: with you I will be like a bee. so let's not dally come on Svengalli I've lots to learn
5: when you're arising, start exercising daily.
6: For example, just a sample.
5: Bend and touch the floor 50 times or more. <laughs> a
6: fine start to be a Bernhardt.
5: A dictionary's necessary, but not for talking. It's used for walking the filled way. Is this OK? That's the trick. You're catching on quickly. Sure.
6: take a bow.
5: Uh Oh, uh, let me show you how.
6: Just like partners on the stage,
5: if you can use a partner, I'm the right (laughs) day.
2: Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney in 1941 singing How About You in the picture, Babes on Broadway. It was in 1941 that you wrote Babes on Broadway with right. Ralph Reed. And, yes. And uh, that was With Ralph
1: and Yip. Yip wrote a few songs in that picture. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We wrote a song, Yip and I had a song in it called uh, Anything Can Happen in New York. And we had a song that we had written to honor the British people during the Dunkirk evacuation during the war. We wrote a song called Chin Up, Cheerio, Carry On that Judy Garland
2: sang in the picture. Right. And she also sang How About You, which yeah. was a gorgeous song. It became a, was nominated for the Academy Award, your first. And first I
1: lost year. to a pretty good song, too, you know. Uh, the, I didn't get What was the, the, the song? S- the song that got the Academy Award well was a little thing called White Christmas.
2: Oh, just a little thing called White Christmas, uh huh. <laughs> Mr. Berlin. That's, oh, that's he did that's I end. didn't know that. I sure. Did, oh, so that's the uh, well, uh, Holiday Inn? Holiday Inn, yeah, of course. <laughs>
5: Air. Wall Street, Broadway, guys are sitting pretty Every window hides a millionaire So when defeatists holler, there's no chance Just tell them this, but with a dirty glance Once Mr. Woolworth didn't have a dime and Irving Merlin didn't
3: have a rhyme.
5: And Thomas Dewey didn't have a crime. But anything can happen in New York. Once Rockefeller didn't have that oil. And Tiffany, he didn't have a foil. And Ziegfeld didn't even have a goil. But anything can happen in New York. You two can be that big ball of fire. You two can have your name in who's whom. You two can climb up higher and higher until you reach that rainbow room. The Wall Street bankers didn't have a trust. The automatic didn't have a crust. The Hall of Fame, it didn't have a bust. But even you can be one in New York. Yes, sir, you can be one in New York. The New York subway didn't have a nickel. Take Mr. Hines, why he started without a pickle. Grand Central Station, it started off without a porter. And Eddie Cantor started off without a daughter. You two can be that big ball of fire. You two can start from scratch and get rich. You two can climb up higher and higher. Like Lorton Taylor, Fun with Tella, Gimble, Tracy, Rockefeller. Well, you you can, can even be an <laughs> Abercrombie Fitch. Was Mr. Morgan didn't have a yacht? And Joe DiMaggio didn't have a swat. The pot of gold didn't have a pot. But anything can happen in you. Don't mean innuendo. We mean only in New York.
7: wherever freedom's hope is true Each heart cries out to you Don't give up Tommy Atkins Be a stout fella Chin up, cheerio, carry on Keep a stiff upper lip When you're in doubt, fella Chin up, cheerio, carry on Oh, the sun's sure to smile on your tight little aisle So hang on to your wits and you'll turn the blitz on Fritz There's a whole world behind you shouting Stout fella, chin up, cheerio, carry on Give up, Tommy Atkins, be a stout, fella, chin up, cheerio, carry on. Keep a step up lip when you're in doubt, fella, chin up, cheerio, carry on. Oh, the sun's sure to smile on your tight little eye. so hang on to your wits and you'll turn the lips on threads. There's a whole world behind you shouting, Stout fella, chin up, cheerio, carry
2: on. Two more songs from the film score to Babes on Broadway. You heard Mickey Rooney performing Anything Can Happen in New York and followed by the composer himself, Burton Lane, performing Chin Up, Cheerio, Carry On. Both these songs written in collaboration with lyricist Yip Harburg
1: we had songs in a number of films, but not. We never did a score together for films.
2: Right, because this the n- the song. The next song I was going to talk about was "Poor You." Yes, that was a song.
1: Uh, I, I that came after "Babes on Broadway." I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. I think so. Yes,
2: it was in a film. Because Tommy
1: Dorsey was, uh, I remember, uh, Dorsey was in this film, and Frank Sinatra was his vocalist. And this was a song that, uh, Poor You was a song that Sinatra did. That was his first single.
3: Okay.
1: And uh, I, I thought that song would take off
2: and be a success, but it, it never happened. Uh-huh, and yet... And it's a marvelous lyric. Oh, yeah. It's an adorable lyric. And uh, it was in a film called Ship Ahoy. Yes.
6: I'm sad for anybody walking about Who's missed all the thrills I've been through I'm sad for anybody who hasn't found out Just what your caresses can do And that's why I'm especially sad for you For you I'm sorry you're not me For you will never know Loving you can be for you. You never know your charms. You never feel your warmth. You're never in your arms. When it is you I'm kissing, I pity you constantly. You don't know what you're missing for. You're only kissing for me, for you. You live your whole life through. And yet you'll never know the thrill of loving you.
2: Judy Garland performing a Yip Harburg-Burton Lane song written for the film Ship Ahoy in 1942. Poor you. You went back to Broadway in 1939, I guess, to do Hold On To Your Hats with, right. with Yip Harburg. Uh, what got you back to Broadway at that point? Because it had been well, a few years since you, I guess, well, almost roughly eight or, eight well, or nine. Well, I
1: had a very uneven career in, in Hollywood. Uh, I I uh, learned something about my own abilities. One thing is that unless I'm working on something I truly like, I'm not uh, inspired, I'm not really motivated to do my best work. I've always admired writers like Harry Warren and the Silverman and Henderson and, and many of the other pop writers who no matter what they were working on would always be writing at the top of the level of their talents and I couldn't I wasn't able to do this I could only really function best when I liked the either who I was working for that is who I was writing for or liked the property mm-hmm. uh, so I had a kind of an uneven career it was modestly successful and uh, long periods where not much was happening and in 1930 I guess it was, 38, 39. I was going through a, a rough financial period, and I figured, well, I'm going to try to get a band together so I can have some continuity of work, and you keep working and still write. So I started to organize an orchestra. And this took me to Chicago, where uh, there was an orchestra. I, have re- had re- I had had relatives living there who had certain connections, and uh, they had found a, a group that I could take over, and I was about to, to settle on this, when I got a call from Alex Aarons of Aarons and Friedley, yeah. who said, would you like to do a show? Now, he had done some tracking down to find me in Chicago.
2: Yeah, you must have.
1: And he said, would you like to do a show? And I said, yes. He says, will you work with Yip Harburg? I said, yes and I didn't even know what it was that I was going to work on. I dropped the show, I dropped the band, I dropped everything, I borrowed some money and went to New York. Terrific. And that's the show that turned out to be the last show Al Josen.
2: Right, it was his last Broadway show, and he was... How did uh, he react to having to... I mean, such a gigantic star, you know? How did he react to sharing the billing with people like Jack Whiting and Martha Ray and... Well, him.
1: he wasn't really sharing a billing. It was Al Jolson in with.
2: Oh, I see. So he's uh, still on top.
1: <clears throat> he was still on top, except that his career had taken a fall. Yeah, it was not a
2: high point for him. It was no. not
1: a high point for him. Uh, he had been uh, for the, he had been off Broadway for ten years. This was his comeback. Uh, he, radio had knocked him off. He had not been successful in radio. Mm-hmm. He had not been. Su- he had done films that were successful. Nothing had happened that was helping him along. He was kind of a leftover giant talent from another era, yeah. you know, caught by uh, the mechanics of our business. Uh, radio was a new thing. Right. Uh, television hadn't happened yet. Films uh, had just started with talkies. Yeah, you know, he was the it first was <laughs> the early days of, the, of, the, of talking films. So he was caught in the middle, and his career had gone
2: downhill. Did he, in uh, Hold On To Your Hats, did he still do his tricks of, uh, after a while in the show, he would sort of stop doing the show and then start singing medleys of his own thing?
1: Well, I tell you, when (laughs) – We tried to figure out a way to avoid this, uh, because it was his custom. At the end of a show, he always would do it at the end of the show. Oh, he'd wait till the end of the show. He'd wait until the end of the show. And then he'd bring the curtain down, he'd loosen his tie and say, Folks, you ain't heard nothing yet. And then he'd do medleys of all his hits, which made people forget the new score. Right. Well, Yip came up with a brilliant idea. Yip Harburg. We wrote an opening song for him. This had to do with a radio performer. A, right. guy, a guy who had been on Broadway and who had failed and now was in radio. And he was bemoaning the fact that uh, his life had taken this terrible turn. And his opening song, which tore the house down, was a song called I Was Walking Along, Minding My Business, Singing a Song. Now, in that, that song described what a marvelous performer, what a big star he was until this, this microphone came along. And he did a chorus, and then he did a recitation, and then in the second chorus he did, I was walking along, minding my business, singing a song, when whippoorwills call. An evening is nigh, oh. I hurry to my blue heaven. I, I was walking along okay. mind my be- Mammy He went into we did oh. his medley. I see. We <laughs> did his medley at the beginning of the show. And all the critics said that he he, he took on a quality he had never had before. He was like Victor Moore you felt sorry for him. Because Joseph was a man you never could feel sorry for. Right. He didn't have that, that, that sympathetic quality. He was very aggressive and always on top of everything. This song brought out a quality he had never shown before, and they adored him for it. He tore down the house. The opening number, you couldn't go past that. It was a smash. You were in. The end of the show. He, he says, Joe, open the curtains, and he opened the curtains, and there's the whole cast standing behind him. He said, the best cast money could buy. All right, close the curtains now. All right, folks, you ain't heard nothing yet, and now he goes into the same method that he had in in, in the song, <laughs> oh, except boy. now he was doing the full songs.
2: Yeah, oh boy. You this guy had incredible hit spot. <laughs>
1: he was a monster, you know. He really was not a nice man. He treated yeah. people. He never treated me badly, I guess, because I was younger than anybody else. Yeah. But he treated everybody else so He terribly. sounds
2: like he was not an easy person yeah. to, to work with, no.
4: Love is a lovely thing, love is a breath of spring, love is a magic crown. So don't let it get you down Give it a little whirl Show it a little care Get it into your heart, but baby Don't let it get into your hair Hand it a big hello Give it a swell farewell What if it doesn't last forever? Better a little now than never. Shout it around the town, but don't let it get you down. Love is a lovely thing. Love is a thing we sing. Love is a star we steer. Don't let it strip your gear Love is a song by Kern Love is a waltz by Strauss Is there a sweeter song in heaven? Is there a doctor in the house? Love is a gypsy call Love is the world and all why is it such a strange illusion? Maybe it needs a blood transfusion. Love is a wedding gown, but don't let him zip it down.
2: Al Jolson, the original star of Hold On to Your Hats in 1940, performing a song written for that score by Yip Harburg and Burton Lane, Don't Let It Get You Down. Did uh, did the show close because he left? I mean, he he had. Well, I what had
1: happened? He had done. The, he had gotten involved in this show in order to win back Ruby Kira. He was married to Ruby right. Kira, right? And they had split up. And what I don't know what he did, but he convinced her that if she could work with him on a stage, she'd fall in love with him again because she'd see how wonderful he was. A man with a little ego,
2: just a small one, yeah, small, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, she went she agreed to do this and and this this was amazing so that Ruby's she would saying, that she would right, agree to, that she would agree to do this. Now, our show opened in Detroit, played a week in Detroit, and then went to Chicago. and in the first week in Chicago, a matinee performance, he was doing a scene with Ruby. And he was doing a reprise of a song called Don't Let It Get You Down, Love is a Lovely Thing, Love is a Breath of Great Spring. Song. And he went into dialogue after singing the first chorus. But instead of the dialogue of the show, he said, You know, Ruby, if your mother hadn't come into the kitchen and, brought, and he brings up a subject that they quarreled about, you and I would never have split up. Well, Ruby took a look, couldn't believe what she was hearing, turned on her heels and walked off the stage and never came back. The understudy finished the, the, uh, the part. Then they had to replace Ruby, of course. They got Eunice Healy to replace her, so that Joseph now knew he had lost Ruby. Oh, boy. Now, when the show was doing fantastic business, when it finally came into New York, did fantastic business by the when he got his money back, and business was still standing room only. He closed the show, and claimed he was sick.
2: Yeah, the weather or something. Right?
1: He cla- claimed he was sick, and then they got photographs of him at the racetrack in Florida. Uh, Georgie Hale was the co-producer with him, and uh, and sued. Oh my! And he was forced to open the show. Reopened the show, but by that time something like three months or two three four months had gone by So all the life was you know, you, you it was almost impossible to put the show together again mm-hmm. And do it right and that was he really the end of it But uh, he closed the show as soon as he had his money back, you know, we got a terrible break with that score uh, th- the show was open in 1939 and that was very close to 1940 and uh, In 1940, the big fight with BMI started, and ASCAP was banned from the air. Right. That's when you heard nothing but... uh, but uh, BMI No, you heard uh, uh, Public Domain, Genie with the Light Brown Hair. BMI hadn't been formed yet. Right, but hmm.
2: they... But it was formed
1: during that year, and ASCAP was off for a solid year. Uh, Two of our songs from that show started to become hits very quickly when the show opened. The world is in my arms, and there's a great day coming mañana. Of
2: course, which are fabulous songs.
1: And uh, suddenly we were off, and that was it.
2: Hmm. That's amazing, and it's a shame, because it was just before cast albums started to be made as well. It was just bad timing, really, isn't it?
8: My, the world was big just a day ago For just a day
2: ago who, Who
8: would ever dream I'd be dancing Every star was far just a night ago, and just a night ago, too. I seemed so all miscast, just getting nowhere fast. Here was I, a gypsy, looking for a world to roam in, now the world is in my arms, no more aimless searching for a place to feel at home in, for the world is in my arms, Mexican hills, Florida skies, tropical seas. I see you smile, I see the sunsets of Geneva. What's that magic in your charm?
2: Another song from the Lane Harburg score to hold on to your hats, The World is in My Arms, recorded exclusively for Anything Goes by multi talented saloon singer Steve Ross. And this about wraps it up for the first part of this look at Burton Lane's career, uh, a composer's composer. And I'm going to end today with a very, very special recording of Burton Lane himself performing a song from the show we'll begin with next, uh, next Sunday. Finian's Rainbow, and uh, it has very special significance uh, in terms of the recent passing away of his collaborator, Yip Harburg, and this was at a Songwriters Hall of Fame Award ceremony, and I'm grateful to Dina Rosenberg of NYU for making this available, and it was when Yip Harburg was to receive the Johnny Mercer Songwriting Award, and uh, unfortunately passed away just a few days before he was to get it, Burton Lane performing how are things in Glockamore.
1: I'd like to do one song that I wrote with Yip that came from the score of Finney's Rainbow. It was one of Yip's favorites.
7: Oh! Uh- Hear a, breeze, a river shed and breeze It's well made me, it's followed me Does it still run down through Donny Cove, through Killy banks Kill Kerry and Kill Dare? How are things in Glockamora? Is that willow tree still
3: weeping there?
7: Does that lassie with the twinkling eye, Come smiling by and does she walk away sad and
0: Part two of a four part look at the career of talented composer Burton Lane. Associate producer Jeff London. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit AnythingGoesPL.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening.